Mind Your Business, brought to you by Appalachian Commercial Real Estate, providing professional commercial real estate services. Visit AppalachianCRE.com. Hello, everyone. We welcome you into a special series of Boontown Council candidate interviews here on Mind Your Business. We have a three-episode week for you as we bring you in-depth conversations with incumbents Dalton George and Edie Tugman and candidate Eric Plagg as all three continue their campaigns for seats on the Boontown Council. Early voting in Watauga County begins Thursday, October 19th and runs through Saturday, November 4th. Election Day is set for Tuesday, November 7th. We would like to thank our weekly sponsors of this podcast, Appalachian Commercial Real Estate and UNC Health Appalachian for their continued support of this program. If you are new to our show, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast or check us out on the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce YouTube channel and we'll bring you news and information from the Boone and High Country business communities right to your podcast inbox of choice each and every Thursday. This podcast features Boontown Council incumbent candidate Dalton George. Mind Your Business, brought to you by Appalachian Commercial Real Estate offering sales, leasing, consulting, and appraisal services. Visit AppalachianCRE.com. We continue our conversations with the Town of Boone Council candidates for 2023, and we are pleased to be joined this time around by Dalton George, who is another incumbent candidate running for office here uh, this fall. So Dalton, first of all, welcome into the program. Uh, Appreciate you taking some time to, to visit with us here today. Of course, David. Happy to be here. Looking forward to our chat. Excellent. Well, we'll we'll start off with just a brief introduction of of you, the candidate, Dalton George, and and we'll we'll give you plenty of time to to state uh, your your um, reasons for running uh, in this particular election this time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, thank you, David. So my name is Dalton George. Um, on the ballot, it will be John Dalton George. It's easy to remember because of the three first names. Um, I'm running for re-election to town council for a number of reasons. So number one, I'm a renter here in town. I know how hard it is to live and work here. Um, I graduated and, and have really made a go of it and, and seeing the community from both sides, both as a student and now a full-time resident. So I, I feel like I'm intimately aware of a lot of the issues and nuances that come with living in the town of Boone. Um, that's one reason. The other reason is I feel extremely lucky to serve as a town council member. Um, I noticed some of y'all watching, I may not look the part being so young, but um, I, I really love and have cherished the time that I've had uh, with these two years on council. I pride myself as being the most effective town council member in reducing the most items and passing them, um, as well as just really trying to get out there and meet folks. That's one thing that I really emphasized when I was running the first time is that I'm never going to tell anybody I have all the answers, um, but I really just want an open door and to talk to folks. You'll see me on King Street, um, probably having my ear bent about something going on in town. And uh, I think this council's done a great job. I think we've got the right temperament to keep moving Boone forward. And I'm looking forward to being a small piece of that. So. You alluded to the fact that you've you've been down this road before. Uh, what was it that got you interested in in local politics, and and eventually had you you know kind of decide, hey, uh, town council something that that I'd like to do? What what drove that that desire? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so I grew up really working class. We were not a political family, um, so ended up at App State, and really just looked around and felt like there wasn't a ton of advocacy happening at the time. 
Um, now, as you know, David, and some members of the chamber, we've got some folks working on housing nonstop, and that's great. Um, but when I first really got involved in local politics, I saw it as this real, uh, I guess, vehicle to move some change around. At the time, it was around 2019, 2020 that I started going before them, talking about the looming housing crisis that we've seen only get worse, and uh, sat in a few eight and nine hour meetings, and, and really, as weird as it is to say, enjoyed it, um, and saw how a single person showing up to a town meeting, engaging in public comment, bringing some perspectives can move the needle. Um, and that's really what propelled me to run was just seeing the the just direct connection local government has with people um, and the accessibility. It really inspired me being able to see what an individual can do um, and propelled me to do the next step as far as running for office. So this, uh, I'll, I'll call it forum, if you will, uh, is is organized by the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce. So you would expect um, questions related to the business community, the quality of life in our area. And with that said, the, the Chamber's mission is to serve as a catalyst for a diverse and engaged local economy. What do you feel best defines an economy that is both diverse and engaged? Yeah, great question. I mean, so I was an economics major a few years ago at App State. Um, so, you know, this is kind of up my alley. I, I think a diverse economy gives us multiple outlets for success, right? Um, we need to be diversifying our economy in ways in which that we employ people and bring folks to the area because it's just going to give us greater chances for economic success. If we only have one employer and they slow down, that's going to hurt us in the long run. So a diverse economy is an economy that, that's got many options, right? We, we need and I think we've done a good job of this lately, right? The one thing you think of is the university, the hospital system, sometimes the governments, right, as these big employers. But we've seen a lot of really successful small business startups that are really diversifying the economy in real time. Um, some of that's been y'all's work. I think also just Boone is a, is a great place to have a business as well. Um, what was the, the latter part of that question, David? Uh, an engaged economy. What, what do you feel best defines an economy that's engaged? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's an interesting question. I would say engagement's probably more just an economy that that is, uh, you know, working and, and, and directly impacting the residents living there. I mean, it's shopping local, right? That's an engaged economy. It's, it's an economy that's that's aware of the needs of the people that live there, right? We need businesses that are starting that are desired by both locals and tourists alike, right? Uh, we need people that are engaged in supporting local and supporting these um, economic generators that are employing folks and giving entrepreneurs a chance. So, um, yeah, diversified and engaged economies. So uh, thinking about some some things that have gone down in the past and some of the, the real uh, topics of conversation that, that uh, Boontown Council is dealing with now, starting back in September of 2022, the town of Boone began the process of reevaluating and potentially updating its comprehensive plan. And again, for our, our listeners and viewers, I want to define this a little bit uh, for the benefit of, of the audience here. Uh, the, the Town of Boone uh, website defines comprehensive plan as a long-range comprehensive planning advisory document that provides future vision for the growth and development of the town. That includes goals, objectives, strategies, and action steps that are intended to direct town actions. So now that that definition is out there, I ask you, um, as this process continues to move forward, what concerns or opportunities do you hope are addressed as the comprehensive plan is revisited and, and potentially reformed? Love the question about the comp plan. Might have to give the audience a breather after that definition because I know it can be <laughs> overwhelming. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was thinking to myself before I came on here, I was like, I, I was trying to predict the questions. And, and if one of the questions was, what are the ways that this council has encouraged business? 
um, or is working to help local business owners, I was going to answer the comp plan. So maybe I've preempted you on that. But but yeah, you know, a comprehensive plan is a municipality's guiding document that's going to lead us forward in the future. And David, I'll be the first to say, right, we've kind of been asleep at the wheel since 2006, right? This comprehensive plan's dated. When you When you look through it, um, the mention of things that are really important to us, like sustainability, or maybe mentioned once or twice, and not in the way that I think anybody that lives in town, works in town, has a business in town would imagine. So I think that's created some tension, right? And, and these processes aren't easy to update or you know revitalize. I mean, they're difficult and they take a long time. And, and I don't think that's any prior council's fault um, that we haven't brought something new, but, but that's the reality, right? There's this tension between what I think everybody in this town wants to see Um, but also what the guiding documents are in place, what the current regulations and codes are. I mean, you can talk to somebody on King Street, um, you can talk to a business owner, and you hear this kind of general vision for Boone that I feel like is is pretty universal in some ways. And so, you know, this comprehensive plan is going to be a way to really codify that and create guiding documents that are going to last longer than the individuals on council, right, and hopefully move us in the right direction. So, um, you know, challenges are, are getting folks involved, making sure that it's representative. I think we've done some good jobs so far, but there's still work to be done. Um, but I really see it as just this great opportunity to create a plan that's reflective, that's modern, and that's responsive to the challenges that we're all facing, right? I mean, uh, think about how many times the current comprehensive plan mentions housing or ways to deal with that. Um, and that's an issue that nearly everybody can share a story about. So um, I'm extremely excited. Uh, again, it, it won't be easy, but I think that this council that's elected is probably going to be the one that sees it through. So it's important. And um, even though we're running unopposed, one thing I'd encourage folks to do is reach out to your local electeds, share some of that perspective, because uh, there's a lot at stake with this plan. You know, with that said, there are a number of, of big infrastructure topics that, that are uh, out there and, and being debated right now. The High Country Council of Governments is actually in the process of gathering feedback from various municipalities in the region that will help inform the next version of what's called the Statewide Transportation Improvement Program, or the STIP, as we like to, to use it in acronyms uh, around the area. A section of the Daniel Boone Parkway is on the current STIP. Members of town council have been pretty public in sharing a desire for the North Carolina 105 Super Street to potentially return to uh, a future version of the STIP uh, after that was turned back in in 2019 by a previous council. Of of course, traffic flow continues to be a a point of conversation that I'm sure that you are well aware of and, and have daily with your constituents. Do you support either one of these projects? And if not, what solutions would you support to try to alleviate some of the traffic strain that we see here in the Boone area? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Daniel Boone Parkway is really complicated. I think that some towns have been killed by bypasses, right? You look at Wilkesboro. When that bypass came in, it was maybe a thing that was desired, but we've seen, you know, businesses move out of the downtown district onto this bypass, right? This kind of, and it slowed it down, right? It's not much quicker than what it used to be. So when, when you think about bypasses, they have to be done right. Um, I have some real hesitations when it comes to the Daniel Boone Parkway for a number of reasons. I think the destruction of environment is uh, really daunting. On top of that, I have some concerns about its potential impact on the Middle Fork Greenway. It's a project that both, you know, Blowing Rock, Boone and the county have been really interested in, as well as Blue Ridge Conservancy. Um, so some concerns about that, uh, as well as kind of removing people from their homes um, and, and displacing wildlife. Um 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kind of theory and, and discussion around the way traffic works. And, you know, historically, it's been if we add a lane, everything's going to be better. If we add another road, everything's going to be better. Um, I think many urban cities have kind of proved that's really not the case. And I think some studies are showing that as well. I mean, cars are going to go where they can go. Um, so I have some hesitations about that. I mean, I think there are conversations to be had. And because it's so early in the STIP, we haven't really met with a ton of shareholders, uh, stakeholders or, or, you know, residents that would be impacted. But that's just some of my initial concerns. Um, when it comes to 105, I'm, I'm way more excited and open to it. I think that there were some concerns brought up with the original 105 um, kind of super street uh, that, that I understand. And, and hopefully if we could kind of remedy some of those. Um, we could create an area in which people want to be. Uh, you know, there's a lot of streets in town that I feel like folks have given up on because they're DOT owned. And it's like, well, it's just going to be terrible forever. But I have this idea that, you know, if we invest in, in 105 and even Blowing Rock Road and 421, we can create districts in which people want to be. People are walking and biking. But I think it takes a town council with a vision um, and also really kind of guiding those STIP programs and making sure that the state's on board with what, you know, the town wants. Well, staying in the category of large infrastructure projects, uh, several years ago, the town of Boone bought a large piece of land on the east side of town that's commonly referred to as the Bullock property. And at the time of purchase, it was being considered by council and staff at at that time uh, to be a potential location for several municipal operations among its uses. What do you support as the best use for this land now, knowing some of the dynamics that I just mentioned have changed since this, uh, this land was originally purchased? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a great piece of property. We've been out there and walked it. Um, got a lot of natural space. It's, you know, got a conservation easement on there that really helps the wildlife and uh, creates some wetland floodplains. You know, Bullock's difficult. It really is. I mean, there's a ton of money associated with grading, um, and really implementing the vision that I think prior councils and staff had. And, And I just don't think that that's doable right now. There are potential, uh, government structures and investment that could happen out there. Um, you know, we've talked about fire departments, we've talked about a potential ABC store, um, but really, I think doing it in pieces, you know, prior, the prior vision was really kind of redoing this huge municipal complex that would have been amazing, but I think that the cost is just kind of out of reality. Um, I think part of being an elected official is, is just being honest in, in those things, right? And, uh, you know, we want to get a lot done, but but the reality versus the ability to get it done can sometimes be difficult. So, um, I know that the mayor's been meeting with Representative Pickett and Heise and, and having some conversations about projects out that way. Um, but in terms of a, a big municipal pro- uh, complex that we've talked about in the past, I don't really see that coming to fruition. I, I could see some buildings alongside the road and then, you know, broader protection of a, of a cherished green space in town and potential recreation um, investment or just, you know, public access in general. Well, you know, speaking of another project that that again has a a, bench, a business and and potentially residential interest to it, uh, the Howard Street Revitalization Program uh, is getting closer to reality uh, with construction bids set to go out soon. Uh, this has been a project that's been on the books for decades here, so you can understand some of the reluctance for people to to think about it uh, in too foregone of a conclusion uh, as this process comes to a close. But assuming that we're near a shovel going into the ground on this. Uh, what do you feel should be the town's next priority, uh, especially when you start talking about legacy projects that are moving into somewhat of a construction phase? What's next on the agenda for the town in terms of large scale infrastructure development? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love the Howard Street question. So, you know, I had an apartment on Howard Street uh 
And I absolutely love that street. It's my favorite street in town because I think it's one of those few areas in which folks that are driving on it have kind of accepted that pedestrians belong there. I would love to get every road at that level. Um, you know, David, uh, Howard Street's been going on longer than I've been alive. It started in 1997. I was born in 99. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been a while. And I can understand some folks' hesitation on getting it done. I, I read some Facebook comments and things out there that are saying it's never going to happen. The town spent all the money on something else, you know, something something wild and out there. And and, and it's going to happen. We, we have the money in place. You know, we've got the grants. And, and you're right. I think that we're shovel ready. Um, and that's going to be huge. It's going to be restorative. And, and I think it's a good time to get it done. Uh, you know, when you're talking about next projects, there's, there's a few in mind. We, we recently got a pretty sizable grant to do studies on streams across town, looking at ways to daylight and repair some of our uh, waterways and, and, and a way to alleviate stormwater and also create green space and be environmentally friendly. Another thing I've personally been really championing as an individual council member is looking to blow in Rock Road, creating a small area plan for that and investing in pedestrian infrastructure and streetscape design that makes people want to be out there. Right. Um, I think we're gonna have to have some conversations about drive throughs and, you know, things that a lot of people have expressed tension with um, and trying to put a slowdown on that as we kind of convert that into a new part of town that folks want to be. Um, to me, that's a huge legacy project. That's a great opportunity for this council to create another area. Folks um, are shopping and living. Um, but yeah, I mean, that and river restoration are two, two um, very exciting projects that I could see us starting on uh, after Howard Street. I know that as, as you dream plans uh, for, for projects and, and you look at other operations that, that you see daily for the town, you know, municipalities are like businesses across the region. Labor costs are going up. Cost of goods is going up. Uh, just simply providing the services is getting more and more expensive. What do you support in terms of continued revenue growth for the town of Boone so you can deliver the services and the projects that you aspire to for your constituency? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tricky question, right? So I think somewhere around 40, maybe a little bit more, uh, 40% of property in town is non-taxable. So when you think about a, a municipality's revenue and, and our ability to generate money to get things done, we're pretty limited, right? We've got a university, we've got hospitals, and we've got a number of churches, and um, all of which contribute to our community, right? But also hurt overall revenue. So I, I think that the town has to be creative, right? We have to find ways to make sure that we're in line with this growth and, you know, the cost increases that you alluded to, um, while also being able to kind of innovate, right? We don't ever want to stay stagnant or stay the same um, due to that limit in, in, in our budget. So, you know, one thing I've really looked at is, is, is municipal service districts, right? We have one in downtown that I think works for people. Having some conversations with business owners and property owners, trying to see where else we could put a municipal service district, extend something like that um, to generate a fund that we can invest back into it. The folks that are paying that fee are going to immediately benefit from it. I think that's a creative way to do it. Um, you know, outside of that, I think that it's uh, conversations with, you know, the county seeing if we can come back to some sort of hybrid option as far as the sales tax goes. Um, yeah. And and I also just being aggressive on grant funding. You know, this council was one of the councils, uh, actually, I think since Jim Byrne around that time that has a grant writer, right? We, we, we have a grant writer as a position that's huge um, and been able to make use of that. But it's being creative, seeing where the money is, having a good relationship with our representatives in Raleigh. Um, and then also, right, looking at these municipal service districts as a possible way out. 
You know, you mentioned innovation a second ago, and you know, you see some towns and municipalities around the country uh, trying to figure out a way that they can uh, impact the retention and recruitment of employees, not only for themselves, but for some of the businesses that they want to keep in the area. Uh, so as you think about retaining existing business, potentially recruiting new business or workforce to the area, uh, what do you look for as opportunities there? And what would you support to back your stance on the town's role and and what could be played in terms of recruitment and retention of employees? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a huge question, right? I think that a lot of it really is housing, right? Cost of living. We hear these stories from business owners all the time, right? We hire somebody and they end up not taking the job. We feel this at the town, right? We've had firefighters, you know, first uh, first responders, administrative fetal people that make it through the interview process. And then at the end go, I, I can't actually afford to live there. Um, so I think housing's a huge element of it. I mean, at the town level, I think it comes with paying our people. Um, properly. And, and we've we've led some staff uh, salary increases that I think we're all really proud of. Um, broadly, though, you know, that, that kind of how can we allow businesses to come and invest and also be able to retain employees? I think the key is redevelopment, really. There's some areas of the town that we have a strong plan in place. We can allow for redevelopment that adds some density in housing um, and maybe also allows for more businesses to find a place to land I think part of it is also geographical constraints, right? Uh, if you're a business owner, where are you going to go? Where are you going to open up your shop? Um, so I think redevelopment, allowing for some, you know, really kind of examinations of areas of town that are underutilized or, or maybe could be uh, changed or altered or, or given a plan that could steer growth in the right way. Um, I think that would create an environment in which it would be easier for smaller businesses to start up. Um Another example I really like to talk about is, you know, every mixed use in this town, uh, you know, has not been done properly. I'll be the first to say that um, you look at the bottom floor of the standard and, and, and those retail spaces or, you know, business spaces are really not ideal for any sort of startup business. I mean, they're huge, they're big, um, all glass. And so I think with the town, when we have these standards around mixed use or, or, or whatever the case may be, we need to be really cognizant of all of these small businesses that are looking to start. I mean, we hear food trucks, you know, leveraging into brick and mortar. How can we create construction and design that creates space for those folks, right? And I think that, you know, smaller uh, businesses, like smaller in terms of square footage and size is, is a key way to do that. And I think mixed use might be the opportunity there, but there's some other things as well, just re-examining of our standards um, because not everybody's ready to have like a five, like, you know, 10,000 square foot glass box, right? That's, that's maybe not compatible with everyone's vision. Well, you've answered the, the set questions that we have for our candidates this year. Anything else that you would like to, to cover that perhaps we didn't get to or, or any closing comments that you'd like to leave folks with? Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I'd, I'd like to cover uh, that we that we didn't really touch on is just, you know, housing in general. Um, I really pride myself as, as being somebody that's looking out for folks that are renting and working and living here and, and trying their best. The folks that are probably employees at the businesses that are watching this. Right. And um you know, I really think it's so vital to have renters and young professionals um, in elected office and, and in these conversations, because oftentimes that perspective really isn't fully represented. And, and I understand that, you know, that's not homogenous, right? I'm just one person and, and I don't claim to be the canary for that entire group. But I think that we're really at this crossroads in terms of creating a space where young families can make it work here. And I really want to lead the way on that, uh, you know, for people, my friends, my family, right, myself, um, I rent a little place with my partner and we'd love to start a family in Boone, but, 
You know, it's like, how does that work? Right. Um, Long-term employment can be difficult. Uh, Finding a place to land with a family in the six square miles is really hard. Uh, So, you know, I I think that's one thing when we talk about this dialogue of cost of living, housing, things like that. I mean, that's something that I feel every lease cycle, right. That I feel um, every time I'm trying to figure out how I can stay in town to continue to serve uh, and work my tail off. So I think that that's just something that I'd really like to focus on and, and, you know, invite folks to talk to me if, if that story resonates with them and, and see if we can't find um, a way to chart that path. So, Well, Dalton, we certainly appreciate your time. And uh, again, as we've said to all of the candidates, you know, it, it takes a lot uh, of courage uh, and, and will to put your name on the line uh, to be a candidate for office anyway uh, in our, our political times today. So we appreciate you doing that. Uh, appreciate the, the way that you serve the community and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks again for your time. Absolutely. Thank you, David. And thanks everybody that tuned in. Thanks to Dalton George for spending time with us. We have conversations with Edie Tugman and Eric Plagg available as well. You can check those out on the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce YouTube channel or subscribe to this podcast and see those interviews with all three candidates. In fact, right here on our channel. A couple of quick sponsor shout-outs. Appalachian Commercial Real Estate provides professional commercial real estate services right here in the Boone area. Sales, leasing, consulting, appraisal services for owners and users of commercial real estate. For more information, visit their website, AppalachianCRE.com. And also thanks to UNC Health Appalachian, of course, the new patient care tower, the Schaefer Family Patient Care Tower, in fact, designed specifically to improve patient flow, safety, and privacy all cornerstones of healthcare excellence here in the 21st century. The emergency department, imaging, diagnostics, surgery suites, all located within close proximity to ensure you time-saving and efficient care continuity. UNC Health Appalachian, proud to be your healthcare home right here in the high country. That does it for this episode of Mind Your Business. Remember to subscribe to this program wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce YouTube channel. We'll be with you each and every Thursday with more information. For more details on the Boone Area Chamber, check us out online at boonechamber.com. So long, everybody.